culture is not your friend. And the people who would control your language are seeking to control your reality. I think having an alternative to that language that so many are trying so hard to control right now is massively powerful. We can, we can put up an infographic. We can put up a, a funny animal. We can put up these easily digestible visual bits, these, these memes, and completely transcend English. Okay, welcome back to Thrive in the Future. This week, I have Little Pine Farmer from Twitter. Scott, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm so looking forward to our chat. Sure. So give a little background about yourself. I've seen you on Twitter. You're in Pine, Colorado, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it's been a long road getting here. Uh, 12 or 13 years ago, I quit a corporate gig and took a farming internship in Pennsylvania. And it's kind of just been the only thing I've done since. Uh, from commercial pot farms in Northern California to like off the grid in Hawaii, um, and a few interesting like pasture livestock operations and row cropping operations along the way. Cool. And I'm really stoked to be starting my own place. It's our, our second year here, but we call last year year zero. Well, I mm-hmm. got some basic things done. And so we're real excited about year one and uh, the online store is almost built. We've been working on that real hard this week. And Wow. What are you selling in the online store? Um, we're going to start with like some different things, things that we can, you know, we're not really growing a lot of product here yet, but we can certainly find some good local products and add value to them. We're making like some hand salves and some tea blends, and we're going to do a couple of mail order cookie experiments that I have high hopes for some kind of homestead crafts as well. And it's a huge week. We're picking up our first fruit trees tomorrow. Just as the weather, I'm hoping that tonight is our last dip into the single digits for the year or <laughs> for the for the uh, winter. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm going to be planting fruit trees all weekend. Really excited. Yeah. What kind of fruit trees are you looking at? They're all supposedly zone three and four. Mostly it's like early finishing apples. Hmm. The Lodi is supposedly an early finishing zone three. So we've got like five apples and a couple of pears and a sour cherry and a couple of like Japanese mountain plum varieties. Yeah, because you're up pretty high, aren't you? Yeah, we're at 8,500 feet. Wow. I I think we're officially zone 4B, Mm -hmm. but we got a cool little microclimate here. We miss a lot of the worst storms and a lot of the worst weather by like two miles. It's it's fantastic. It's been really cool to kind of study the weather patterns over the last couple of years so does it like burn itself out over pike's peak and then leaves you alone or what um no no it's even farther east than that there's a little ridge just west of the town conifer Mm -hmm. um it it, kind of a prominent ridge line kind of like evergreen to conifer and a lot of storm systems will kind of stay on that side of the ridge I've had multiple like sunny days here where I have to run into town 
And, you know, within the space of like six miles and six minutes, it's like sunny to snowing and gray and dark. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Love so does that. it rain at three o'clock in the afternoon every day like it uh, does in Colorado Springs? Some, I mean, during like our rainy season in the summer. Yeah, we mm -hmm. can get a lot of that. Uh, we definitely see some hail that really set back the garden last year. Um, but it was a good learning experience. We'll be ready for it this year. We'll have the ability at least to get row cover on everything as those thunderstorms roll in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the hail was brutal. And then of course I didn't leave the I didn't close the gate one night and the deer got in and kind of finished off a bunch of the brassicas just as they were recovering from the hail damage. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> But that's what year zero was all about. You know, that's it's right. uh, we learned a lot. Well, actually, that's pretty much what year two was like. And then year four, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you start getting confident and then it does the one, two punch. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. So a couple of weeks ago, we were on Farm Hop Life on the men's forum on Monday night and we were talking and you said something uh, interesting that I wanted to follow up with you on. And, and I think you said memetics is more important than genetics right was that did yeah. I capture that right you did um you know so i think a, give a little background sorry, there sorry. yeah i you know the topic was generational wealth mm -hmm. um and and matt had asked me to come on to kind of give a, a perspective on that idea from the point of view of someone who does not have children um so you know i'm sure a lot of this is just cope because I've failed in my biological directive or whatever. But uh, <laughs> to, uh, to me, it just seems obvious that the, the transfer of information, the transfer of ideas of memetics can be so much more powerful mm -hmm. than, than just passing your genetic material onto the next generation. And frankly, the times I've tried and failed, maybe my genetic material shouldn't be going on to the next generation whatever <laughs> i'm willing to i'm willing to uh trust whatever greater power is out there on this one that it just was not my path uh but you know i i've been thinking about it ever ever since i became a farmer and i've tried to like communicate to people which is a problem i'm not good at communicating to people but i try and like i would try and share with them like my vision of we are what we eat. And if we change the way we eat, we can change everything. And, you know, that's a real hard concept for somebody to grasp if they're disconnected from nature and not aware of where their food is coming from and the damage it may or may not be doing to the planet. And, um, and so I became determined to show rather than tell. Wow. Um, and I, I try tried to keep my mouth shut for like the better part of a decade <laughs> and and even now like i i would like to get more into communicating what i'm doing but i don't feel any urgency to start doing it until things are a little more developed here so that instead of talking about a principle i can have footage of that principle and explain how i built it why i built it why is it right there showing is just so much we have these big brains that are so ready, to, but we also have this like built in FU attitude 
it's like if somebody tries to tell us to do something there's an instinct there a very good instinct in my opinion that resists that especially when it's coming from a person that on one level or another you know you shouldn't be respecting or or taking orders from or or whatever mm-hmm. um and so that resistance but yet the ability to learn you just have to be undeniable you have to show people i i read so many things about you know management intensive grazing before i took my first internship and this farmer in pennsylvania sat me down and was showing me pictures of the property when they bought it in 1979 hmm. and it was this barren shale hillside it was unbelievable it was unrecognizable from the property that i was then currently standing on about like 33 years after they had purchased it and you know you go out in the pastures and you notice like oh this half of the pasture is super dark green and there seems to be a line running right down the middle where it's not quite as dark on the other side it's like, oh, yeah, that's where we ran the turkeys last year. Mm-hmm. And he's been using this intelligence to bring incredible productivity and fertility to an otherwise barren piece of land that wasn't even, I mean, it was so rocky, it wasn't even growing trees well. Mm-hmm. Like, it couldn't be used as a woodlot. It was, they got it cheap. And there was one good big pasture on the property, and the rest was just shale. Now they're able to take those pictures out and be like, this is what you can accomplish if you put these ideas into play. Mm-hmm. We can do things that nature could never do on her own because these ideas are, are being disseminated. And we're recognizing that like, oops, we killed all the predators and all the herds. <laughs> I wonder why all our topsoil is in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> And, you know, I used to be a troll and I still am a shit poster some days. <laughs> I think that humanity is starting to learn how to use these information technologies. I am still of the opinion that we are in the, the early, early dawn hours of the information age. Hmm. And we are like a baby with a chainsaw, man. Like we have these powerful, powerful tools and they're being co-opted and used nefariously by so many. Um, but that's always been the case. Sure. You know, that's always been the case. Whoever controlled the printing press, whoever controlled the radio station, whoever controlled the TV station is the programmer, the the meme master deciding what gets disseminated. And the Internet just kicked that all over. It's very exciting. Everybody sees it as a decline. Where do you see the the next step of the, like you were saying, the information revolution, whatever, right? Where do well, you see that going? I think, um, I mean, a lot of my ideas are influenced by like Terrence McKenna's visions of high technology. And the way he put it, uh, he said that we are currently going through the birthing pains of becoming a high technology civilization. Hmm. And, you know, it's obvious that we can only continue to be a high technology civilization if we don't kill ourselves, if we don't destroy the biosphere that we depend on. Hmm. Um, 
ultimately, if we don't develop the ability to protect ourselves from cosmic impacts, um, you know, I, I think that being a technological species is natural. I, I think Alan Watts would always say that we're like rays from one center, tits on one sow, as natural as the apples on an apple tree. Like, so if you turn that into a verb, the apple tree apples and the world peoples. Hmm. And, and I think there's something to be said for this kind of conservation of novelty that has condensed into the human brain, which is, you know, the most complex structure of which we are currently aware. And I'm very fond of mine. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I like the way it works and keeps me entertained. And, you know, I, I think there's really something to be said for the idea that, um, you know, if there is such a thing as a guy in mind or whatever, it would surely recognize that, oh, yeah, I've been pummeled with rock arc my entire existence. Let's see if we can crank out a species who can stop this. And and we can. And the motive is there. Like some of these rocks are worth trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Um, but why develop the technology we need to go get them when we can just, you know, get 10,000 people in the Congo to dig it out for us? Mm -hmm. I find myself kind of thinking in memes sometimes. Sure. Like instead of having a reaction to something in English, the picture will come into my mind. Interesting. Um, the look that an actor is giving or whatever, whatever the image is that through popular use has now like developed this new level of significance. And I think it's so cool. It's like it's like a new form of hieroglyphics hmm. where it's like we can just post something purely symbolic and you know millions if not billions of internet users will understand it right like on some level even if it has english captions they'll see the look and recognize it as a response as an appropriate response to the comment or whatever mm -hmm. um so that's very exciting too the just being able to express ourselves in ways other than language and I, I think I get that from spending so many hours with Terrence McKenna as well in my ear. Um, you know, he would always say like reality and culture are, are made of language. Sure. Culture is not your friend and the people who would control your language are seeking to control your reality. I think having an alternative to that language that so many are trying so hard to control right now is massively powerful. We can, we can put up an infographic, we can put up a, a funny animal, we can put up these easily digestible visual bits, these, these memes and completely transcend English. Mm -hmm. I mean, English is such a poor tool for, conveying the the weirdness and amazingness of like our situation on this planet it's like we have all these incredible experiences and then we have these tiny little mouth noises 
as like <laughs> the only thing we can use to express them. And that's why I think a lot of people without artistic talent, myself very much included, can get so frustrated when English fails so profoundly. Uh-huh. When English fails for me, I I can't write a poem or paint a picture or write a song that conveys that instead of English. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I might be able to post a funny picture and a couple thousand people might see it and be like, ah, oh, shit, that's a good way of looking at that weird comment. So it's cool. I like it, man. Memetics. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the other tips to transfer that memetic vision to the next generation or whatever? Do you have community over there that you have like a local community? Yeah, um, I do. We're building it slowly, but it is happening. I'm meeting a few other agriculturally inclined folks. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of horse owners up here. Uh, You know, there's a lot of cow, uh, not a lot of like small farms. It's either a big cattle ranch or pet horses or, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing basically. Um, So, yeah, I mean, through Twitter, I'm meeting real people, which is really exciting. Um, shout out to Forest Mommy. She's uh, an amazing fixture in the liberty movement in Colorado, and she's doing a lot to actually bring people together um, to meet in the real world and to have activities and share ideas face to face. And that's really cool. You know, I try to not say things online that I wouldn't say to somebody's face, <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, my filter is is quite messed up, my like internal speech filter. And so, you know, I, I might say some things that normally wouldn't be said in a face to face thing. And, but, uh, you know, I try and go forward with that. Like, man, what if this person through the screen like was sitting across the table from me? And it's like, what what would we be talking about then? It's like, yes, I'd still be getting animated. I'd still be calling out dumb ideas, but it would be very obvious that it's being done from a place of like love and fellowship and seeking understanding. And um, so I I think that's, and, and I think as the deep fake thing gets more and more pronounced, I I'm, holding on to the shred of optimism that people will kind of be forced to realize that the only real thing in life is reality. So like go outside and like meet people who definitely aren't deep fakes because you're standing there talking to them and touching them. And, you know, so I, I think that could really be something as people can trust what they see and read and hear less and less. Yeah. It's like, what are you left with? It's yeah. Get a, re- a constant... In real life, in real life, yeah. you know, connections. Yeah. So I, I think that's where it has to go. And, you know, you can find people. Um, That's another great thing about memes. You know, you can include a word or two or a funny little gif on a public post on next door or a community group somewhere. And, you know, the right people will see that lyric or 
that picture or that meme that you posted that you've embedded in a broader message and be like, oh, shit, I know what that's from. This guy gets it. We should get together. Let's have a beer, man. There's much more to this conversation with Scott Little Pine Farmer on our Patreon. We talk about memeing in the real world as well as AI and is it an apocalypse? Is it revealing? May you live in interesting times. So that's over on Patreon, patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast. Like us and follow us on your favorite podcast app. And leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. That helps drive the algorithm and pushes Thrive in the Future up in the search results. Thank you. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Next time on Thrive in the Future, I have Homestead Padres back and we're talking about living with depression. How do you thrive in the depths of despair and lamentation? That's next time on Thrive in the Future.